Welcome to the Internet Advisor Podcast. I'm your host and producer, Foster Brown. Along with my co-host, Gary Baker, and our team of experts, we've been helping people like you since 1998 with your computer problems, introducing you to valuable resources, and promoting tech enterprise throughout Michigan. The Internet Advisor is a two-hour podcast recorded every week at the studios of historic WJR Radio in Detroit. Only the second hour of our show, which features listeners' questions, is heard live from 5 to 6 p.m. every Saturday on WJR. However, both hours of the show are available each week on this podcast and are streamed to our affiliates across the state of Michigan. We're also proud to be part of Detroit's newest and fastest-growing podcast network, PodcastDetroit.com. And now, here are your hosts with this week's Internet Advisor... to the Internet Advisor, your place for answers to your computer questions since 1998, with your co-hosts Gary Baker and Foster Brown and their team of tech experts. The door is always open at internetadvisor.net, on Facebook and through Twitter. But right now it's time to get you in touch with your helpful hosts on this week's edition of Internet Advisor. Good afternoon. Hi, I'm Foster Brown, the co-host of the program along with Gary Baker and Cal Karsten, and we've got Shane Hamlin in here. we got a great program lined up. You say, what's the Internet Advisor? Well, we'll try to show you in the next hour and a half. Got lots of interesting guests coming up in this first hour, talking about everything from holiday shopping for the budding scientist in your family into an hour and a half of taking your calls later on this afternoon. That's all coming up on the Internet Advisor. Thanks for being with us, and stay tuned for a great show. Welcome back. It's a big afternoon. Big afternoon for the Michigan State University Wolverines heading out and tackling and seeing if they can walk away with the Big Ten Championship. And a big afternoon for us here at the Internet Advisor. My name is Foster Brown, co-host of the program and producer as well, along with Mr. Gary Baker. Good does, to have you here. Does anybody really think that Iowa has a chance tonight? <laughs> really? Come on. Really? Not on this side of the microphone. No, they don't. <laughs> not a way. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Cal Carson's with us as well. Cal, good to have you. You know, free, football is is not a sport I traditionally follow, but there's been so much freakiness in football the last couple of weeks oh. between the Michigan State game and that last minute thing that happened in that. The last second thing that happened yeah. to the Lions. And then oh. the Lions would happen with it. God oh. only knows what could possibly <laughs> That's right. happen you today. Can't, you can't walk out early. No. That certainly is true. <laughs> These are going to be well, cliffhangers. Well, and I was, uh, I won't mention who it was, but anybody that follows uh, the sports on uh, the free press, uh, there was a, a reporter on there that said, you know, three of the last four games ended on the last play of the game. Oh, my. Wow, three of the last four I games? figured, I think the fourth game la- ended on the last play of the game also. And then, this but is it an was, Internet Advisor they, program. They but ended. They ended anyway. That was the Traditionally, joke. It, it they was should like, end at the... They always <laughs> end on the last play of the game. They actually were di- won on the last day of the, that's, on the that's, last play of the game. But anyway. It, it, that's really sorry, funny. Oh, wild sorry, season. Not all that funny, apparently. You know, Gary anyway, is going to be on the Sports Network next week. So uh, stay tuned for him. <laughs> well, we got a great program. Oh, anyway. uh, we're we're going to be talking about uh, gifts in just a moment. Uh, we'll be introducing you to our first guest, Sue Shade, who is the CIO the, for the University of Michigan Hospitals and Health Center. And she's got a a blog post 
that talks about coming up with special gifts for the budding scientists in our family. We'll introduce her in just a moment. We'll also be talking with some people that I met this week. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, Linda Deshant and Al Carpinelli. They were part of a mobile app. Uh, it was kind of a seminar or right. a training program. And we've had, had Linda on yep. the show before. Yep. But uh, it was for people who are not technologically oriented. So I felt I fit in perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> and we, In other words, it wasn't all geeks that were there, yep. but it was about mobile apps. So we'll be talking about that that new way of getting your information out to the public on that. And finally, we're going to talk about something called the Detroit Internet Exchange. That's coming up in this hour. It's fascinating. Um about how that is really kind of bringing Detroit into the big leads of Internet connection. But we'll do that in just a minute. Right now, though, I wanted to introduce to uh, our audience a uh, person who's going to be telling us about some special holiday gifts, and that's Sue Shade. Sue, welcome to the program. Thank you. Good to be on. Delighted to have you with us here in the holiday season. You certainly have gotten into that with the spirit with your blog post recently. That was the idea. I wanted to uh, get out ahead of, you know, all the shopping in December with some ideas for uh, gifts for kids to encourage them in the area of STEM. I'm curious, as you were growing, now you certainly are a recognized figure in information technology here, being the chief information officer at the University of Michigan Hospitals and Health Centers. As as you were growing up as a kid, what were some of your favorite toys that maybe kind of developed that interest? (laughs) Oh, gosh. Uh, That feels like a really long time ago to even remember. I do remember, though, wanting to be a math teacher when I was young. Uh, Obviously, I did not pursue that career. I ended up going into um, technology. I learned how to be a programmer way back when, when it was uh, kind of an early entry into the field, and I've always worked in health IT since. Well, and you've been a big supporter of the Michigan chapter of Women in Technology, yeah. so I think that's where you and I first met, was I came and listened to you speak about how do you get girls more involved in technology kinds of or- organizations and, and jobs. Right, right. I did a keynote for them at their uh, Michigan Council of Women in Technology at mm-hmm. their event in May. Uh, it's a great organization that helps uh, promote uh, technology fields for girls with their summer camps oh, yeah. and mentoring programs and scholarships. Uh, in fact, I just learned they awarded $90,000 in scholarships in 2015. Wow, fantastic. Um, based on uh, the funds that they were able to raise. So that's great. You know, so there's a, a great con- organization. There's a contest going on today, as a matter of fact, their website design contest. And we hope that by the end of the show, we can oh. we can tell who the winners are because that's being judged right now. But I'm curious, do you, now I don't know right. much about your person. Do you have uh, daughters? I do. I have two daughters, um, both married, and three little granddaughters. Now, so were were I, you yeah. buying you know <laughs> toys for them to try to move them towards your field of endeavor? Well, I um, uh, I haven't really yet. I have the three year old, who's the oldest of those three, is very much into robots, but. Like any three-year-old girl, she's also into princesses. So (laughs) I try to balance it. A princess robot. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) Yeah, when I was in Ann Arbor last night downtown, all the stores were open till midnight um, for the special shopping night. And I stopped in the robot store and I picked up two um, robot-related toys for her for this Christmas. Oh, my goodness. And that was kind of crazy downtown Ann Arbor, wasn't it? It was. There's an actual robot store in Ann Arbor? Of course. Where where else but Ann Arbor? Yeah, it's called Robot Supply. I can't remember what it's called exactly. Robot Supply and Repair. No kidding. um, Yeah, it's um, it's on Liberty. 
Oh, yeah, uh, right. Just off of Main Street. And it's got all sorts of interesting little toys and books and gadgets. That's cool. Stuff. Yeah, it's cool. Now, did you find it? Were there other, uh, you know, uh, moms there looking for stuff for their daughters as well, in particular? Uh, you know, I didn't. It's a small store. I didn't. I okay. Didn't, Okay. Run into anybody doing that just, exactly. I was just curious about that. I will tell that. you that, yeah, I also have, um, I have three grandnieces and three grandnephews, and my tradition for them is always to buy a book at Christmas for them. Uh-huh. And last year, because two of the girls uh, are very, very much into sciences already. At a yeah, hey, age. Sue, Sue, hold that yeah. thought. When we come back, we'll hear exactly what you did. We're talking with Sue Shade about STEM for the holidays, some special gifts you can get to promote the scientists in your family. Now back to the Internet Advisor. Once again, your hosts, Foster Brown, Gary Baker, and Ed Rudell. Welcome back. It's the Internet Advisor and uh, kind of a supersized show this afternoon. We're going to be on with our guests during this first hour and then uh, for the hour and a half after that from 5 until 6.30 when the big game comes on, we are going to be taking your phone calls at 800. You want to write this down? It's an 800 number you can get at uh, between 5 and 6.30. It's 800-859-0957. And you scribble that down someplace. That's our toll-free number. 800-859-0957. And uh, from 5 until 6.30, we'll be taking your calls there with your computer questions, questions about the Internet. Maybe you have some questions about uh, something you're looking for for uh, as a present, uh, shopping for somebody. We've got Gary Baker in studio, my partner here, for close to 18, matter of fact, 18 years coming up. It, this, uh, it will be 18 years. Uh, next month. And, you know, I still get teased. I was over in the newsroom uh, just a minute ago, and Gene Fogle and uh, Kevin are over there teasing me about being dressed up in a suit and tie today. <laughs> So, oh man, I forgot it's radio. That's right. I don't need to be dressed up. Actually, my son uh, goes to Detroit Catholic Central, and mm-hmm. there's a, a big program tonight. Dinner oh, and dance. I got it. I got it. Well, food. Well, food? So it'll be very good food. I hope. Everybody I mean, else paid is enough for it. Everybody it's, else is a, it's a fundraiser. Uh, Shane is here, and his yes. Star Wars scarf is on. I'm getting ready. Yes, I'm in theme. <laughs> you are in. Theme. When is it? When is it coming out? Uh, the 18th, 17th, 18th. Uh, they opened up a day early, release more tickets, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna wait a couple days. All right, okay. Yeah. Really? You can don't want to get trampled? That long? I can wait that long. <laughs> you yeah. think so? Oh, right. of course. Right. I've waited this uh, long. It I can gets wait closer. A few more days. Yeah, we'll see if you're twitching or not. You yeah, know, next right. Week or not. <laughs> right. Cal Carson also in studio with us, appropriately addressed. As, as you know, I can wait till the DVD, and I can tell you that right now, it's like Gary is like the Bill Bonds of the internet right now. <laughs> <laughs> he, he looks, he looks so distinguished. I'm, I, I'm just impressed. I, with, with, I actually tell, I will. Mentioned that uh, I worked with uh, a couple of guys that did morning news uh, uh, when I worked on Channel 7 Action News for right. a couple years every week. That's right. And it was funny because Eric Smith would come in and he was dressed up so oh, nicely yes. until you looked behind the desk and he was wearing shorts. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I wasn't supposed to tell that, right? That's the man who knew uh, his uh, camera uh, angle. Well, that explains why his pants are missing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> In the summertime, he was anyway. So Let's step into the holiday season once again with our guest. Uh, Sue Shade is with us. She's the Chief Information Officer for the University of Michigan Hospitals and Health Center. And Sue has uh, a blog post. And by the way, on our homepage, internetadvisor.net, if you go there, you will find um, our show notes 
notes for today. And I also have a hot link in there to, shoo, to Sue's uh, blog post. And Sue, you regularly have different things that you post up there. But the one for right now, this week, is called STEM for the Holidays. Explain to the folks a little bit about the, what that's about. Sure. Um, thank you. Uh, what I focused on this week is um, trying to encourage kids to uh, think about STEM fields through their play at early age um, uh, with toys and, and different kinds of books. I believe if we start encouraging kids early to think about STEM, uh, we're going to be able to really encourage that interest. And I have a particular emphasis for girls, but it's really about boys and girls. Yeah. But the emphasis for girls is because we lag way behind in terms of girls going into STEM Field yeah, and, and something maybe to, for those who have listened to us over the years, these last 18 years, Gary and I are terribly prejudiced. I had four daughters. He has one <laughs> brilliant daughter named Lauren. And we have, we have always been really behind uh, the Michigan Council for Women in Technology and supported mm-hmm. that. And um, so f- forgive us, folks, if we, we kind of err on the side of encouraging the girls because one of the statistics, and people may not know this, is that while during the 90s there was a really big movement of women into technology, and top positions, that has kind of lagged, hasn't it, Sue? Right, right, it has. So today there's only 18% of undergrad computer and information science grads who are women, and back in 84, women represented 37% of those uh, graduates. So it really has dropped off dramatically. So So, we need to continue to encourage girls to go into these fields, and then once they get into them, make sure that we are supporting them and Right. have uh, the kind of culture and organizations that they want to continue to work in. Now, we're equal opportunity givers here. <laughs> good. <laughs> good, so, good. first of all, we should probably explain, guys, what STEM is. Cal, you want to take a crack at that? STEM? Let's see. Let me guess. <laughs> Science, technology, um, engineering, you got and it. Yeah. mathematics. And every now and then I hear it's, uh, they have one that's got the arts on it, too. Yeah, yeah STEAM. STEAM. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and, that's a. And actually, uh, you know, I think that STEAM makes as much sense today because when you add the design element um, right. to technology fields, uh, you really actually round it all up. What up, you so. end up doing is you start creating stuff like Apple, which was a very integral part of what Steve Jobs was all about. Not only did he want the technology to be right, he wanted it to be uh, artfully and tastefully uh, mm-hmm. designed. So, so what do we? What can we do? What can our listeners do to try to encourage more? young ladies to go into technology fields? Um, Well, I think, you know, I I don't need to read through the list of ideas I had in that blog post. Um, People can get to it from your website. um, And if they don't get to it from there, the the blog is uh, URL is just my name, SueShade.com, to see that post as well as others on leadership, women in technology, technology, etc., um, kind of a range of topics. But I think it's important that we um, plant the seeds early, as I said. Um, make sure that we're encouraging girls in particular in the middle school years, because I think that's where some of the social norms come into play, where they may be discouraged from pursuing those kinds of interests uh, for more traditional girl interests. So I think it's really important that as parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles, friends, that we find ways to encourage them and not let them give up. And making it fun as well. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's so many programs out there now that just make the technology fun and make it real. We had, um, we we hosted a really excellent program 
for take your daughters to daughters and sons, excuse me, to work day mm-hmm. in April this year in my department. And one of the most popular things was when one of our desktop support folks, uh, you know, kind of took apart <laughs> the insides of the computer <laughs> and showed the kids all the parts in the computer, and they were fascinated. Oh, I so, bet that, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, you've just got to make it very, very real to them. Yep. Um, and interesting. You know, and so many times I think um, parents uh, un- unintentionally, uh, you know, t- somehow they they are saying things to their daughters that say, oh, well, you know, that might be too hard. Why don't you go into this or that? So we mm-hmm. inadvertently mm-hmm. divert them really from right. what they really could excel at. Right. That's what I'm talking about in terms of some of the social norms we've got to try to work against. The other other thing on the the (laughs) opposite side of what Gary just said as well is a lot of times if you expose your daughters to just things that you do around the house that will help to excite them. I mean, like, for example, when I was a kid, one of the greatest things I'd like to do was whenever my dad had to change all the tubes in the back of the television set. Oh, yes. You folks out there are not old enough to remember that. (laughs) This is when TVs used to run on kerosene. You had to start them with a rope. But uh, when when he used to do those... The antennas, right? <laughs> oh, exactly. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so the the, foil, no, the aluminum foil aluminum, on the rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> so, it so sounds like a voice too. of experience there, Sue. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so when you used to do those sort of things, you know, those things intrigued me that made me get involved in electronics and stuff like that. So that's another way of exposing them. Yeah. My question to you, Sue, is when you break steam apart real fast, uh, which part of those seem to be more attractive to girls, the science, the technology, the engineering, or the math? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I think any of them could be really at this point. I think that, you know, technology is something that you can make pretty tangible in terms of technologies all around us. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, But but I think they're all uh, of of equivalent interest, if you will. Before the break, uh, I was going to tell you about a particular book title, and I want to do that. Oh, Oh, do that quickly because we're running out of time right now. Sure, sure. It's a book that I bought for my um, two grandnieces last year because their moms told me that they were into science, and it's called Hello from 2030, Science and the Future of You uh, by Jan Paul Schutten. And it was, um, when I went to the bookstore and looked it up, I thought, fascinating. What, you know, probably more than they can deal with at their age, six or seven, but they'll have it for a long time. And to say hello from 2030, Science and the Future of You... Just think about the possibilities and all the ideas out there to get them Fascinating. By the way, that title, along with a number of other suggestions for gift-giving, preschoolers, elementary, middle school, and high school are in that blog, SueShade.com, or go to our internetadvisor.net, and we have a link to that that blog post. Thanks, Sue, so much, and have a great holiday. Thank you so much. You too. All right. Welcome back. It's the Internet Advisor, Foster Brown here, along with Gary Baker, Cal Carson and Shane Hamlin are in studio here, and this is just the first hour. We're going to be here until 6.30. We have plenty of time to answer your questions starting at the top of the hour, but right now we're going to move on to the next uh, segment of our program here. This week I had the the pleasure and the privilege of being um, at a training in Troy, and um, the interesting thing, I've got the folder here, it's kind of neat, it says mobile app boot camp for non-tech entrepreneurs, and that was it. That sold me. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Non-tech entrepreneurs, <laughs> I figured I could make it. <laughs> Didn't have to be a certified geek to be able to uh, understand the content. And as a matter of fact, it was wonderful content. Let's uh, just kind of jump into things here with our next two guests. Uh, there are people who were involved in putting this on. First, The first person involved is Linda Dashen. Linda is the executive director and president of the Mobile Technology Association of Michigan. Linda, welcome to the program again. Good to have you with us. Well, thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah, and, and you know, we've had Linda on before when she was first starting MTAM and uh, the Mobile Technology right. Association of Michigan, and uh, it's really come a long way, Linda, since uh, those first days. It has. We, we absolutely have uh, built our presence statewide, and we're continuing to do so, and we're doing some, some wonderful things that are getting people involved with these technologies. And I think what we're going to talk about in just a moment is to explain to our listeners who may not be familiar with the term um, a mobile app or an app for, let's say, a program or a company rather than for a game or for a productivity tool, et cetera. This is a little bit different. We'll talk about that in a second. But Al Carpinelli is also with us, and he's the business development manager for Logic Solutions. And Al, you were the folks who put together essentially the tools for training us in this. And I want to just Hats off to you. It was excellent material that you prepared. Thank you. Al, you still with us? Because we may have lost... So I'd, I haven't seen Al since last Tuesday, um, and he uh, works for a company, Logic Solutions, which is a wonderful company in uh, in Ann Arbor. Been there for a long time. In fact, I've known uh, the guy that started it, Jimmy Sal, for... 26 years, I think, he uh, he actually bought my house back 26 years <laughs> That's ago. all in the family gear. That's yeah, really keeping and, it close. Uh, and actually, the my old house was 1,200 feet away from my new house, so we've been neighbors now for the last 26 years. Uh, so my hat's off to that whole company. Angela, uh, who is their PR person, right. uh, was also on the show a number right. of times. So. Right. So Al, hopefully Al's back. I was just, Aggie, Al, you with us? I am. Thank Good. You. Okay, great. Thank you very much. I was just bragging on your training materials. They were really excellent. Thank you. Thank you very much, Appreciate Foster. that so and, much. And I was filling in while Foster was sorting out <laughs> whether how to get you back on the air, so I was rambling a little bit. Logic uh, solu- welcome to have you here. We should say the Logic Solutions, you, do, you handle training on an international level now. It may have begun here in Ann Arbor, but you are all across the globe, including China and London, as a matter of fact, I believe. I understood you saying. L- less so in the U.K., um, Far more so in Asia, right. with three offices in the mainland of China and also an office in Taipei, Taiwan. Let's, got, let's back up for a second. Very quickly, we're not going to have an awful lot of time, but this whole subject of mobile applications is really important. Uh, Linda, let me throw it to you because you're involved with MTAM and, and the whole mobile business. What is so unique or important about a mobile application versus a website, which is, I think, what most of us think of when we think of a presence on an Internet? Well, the capabilities of being able to do things while you're on the go. So, for example, if you're in a uh, customer service field where you're going into a customer's home or a customer's office and you're, you're interacting with them and you need to facilitate some transactions or you need to um, be able to record some information in your company database about work that you're doing with your customer. Mobile technology, wireless devices now allow you to have those capabilities and the easiest way to get that done is by having an app that you download into your mobile device that you can open up and, and easily be able to input data and have it go directly into your company. So, uh, for instance, how would it apply, Al, to a, a, something like our show, for instance, the Internet Advisor? How would it be an effective tool for us? We already have a website. What would an app add to that, a mobile app? Well, 
you know the most obvious thing people love are the podcasts. I mean, you think about right. that. Yeah, we've had podcasts, and I could download my laptop, but all of us now love our mobile devices, love our smartphone, and so I'm downloading my favorite podcasts onto my smartphone, so they're right there when I want them, anytime I want them, and that's on demand, and that's a wonderful thing. The thing Linda didn't quite touch on, and I want to touch on too, about the advantage of a mobile uh, application, whether it's on a tablet or a phone, not only does it give you a very lightweight, highly portable device in your hand, unlike a web-enabled or a web-connected application, we have the capability now to go offline with that mobile application, mm. tablet or phone, and design it from the very beginning to have moments when I run totally offline, collecting data, inputting, and then later when a signal's available, quickly connect to yeah. the back-end server that's expecting that data and push it up to that cloud. So it gives us the flexibility to work entirely offline at times when we think we need to. What struck me was it's kind of a condensed form of the information, let's say, about our show. You know, we can have the podcast there. We can have links that connect you to, for instance, your companies, which I've done. Uh, you can have uh, links to our previous guest's book or podcast or whatever it may be, pardon me, a blog post. It, it, it concentrates things and makes them much more accessible that way. Yeah, that's exactly the point. It's it's those things that you're going to find convenient and easy to use on the go. That's the whole point of it. So, you know, if you're a restaurant, for example, you're not going to have uh, everything that you would necessarily have on a website. Right. But you're going to have things like your hours of operation, your phone, your directions, your address, um, quick access to be able to make a reservation. Uh-huh. Menu. You know, the specials for the day. Uh, those yeah. kinds of things that are going to attract people to come to that business. Now, Al, what, what I understand is that uh, there's, a, there's a kind of a collaboration that's going on here uh, between um, Logic Solutions, uh, MTAM, Linda, your organization, and the Small Business, help me, centers? Small Business, business Development business Centers in Michigan, which yeah. is a government-funded agency, and the SBDC has literally 17 physical locations around our great state, Upper and Lower Peninsula included, and uh, Keith Brophy is the director of the SBDC working out of Grand Rapids. So to give due credit, this the concept of delivering the workshop that we just uh, put on this past Thursday in Troy, for the first the launch of many to come, was the brainchild of both Keith and Linda Dacian from MTAM. Mm-hmm. When Keith became aware that Logic had the courseware available, we were developing it in conjunction with Linda, Keith said this would be perfect for the audience of the small and medium-sized businesses that we serve across the state. Absolutely. So it was really his, his intent to let's take it to the field, and that um, session in Troy on Thursday at Automation Alley, uh, right. another one of the sponsors, the fourth sponsor in the, on the camp, was our first uh, trial run, if you will. And I'm thinking it went real well. Uh, oh. I know I'm waiting to hear some great feedback from Linda when the surveys come in. Yeah, I, I certainly was I, in, in incredible. I love the way the tools that you offered because it helped me to think about how to think about the mobile app. And I think that was important uh, for somebody who is, I'm not a web designer, but what you did help me to do was to say, okay, I got to see what my, you know, what are the pain points for my client, my clients or customers? And, you know, what are the other things that are positive that I've got to make sure that they're getting? And now you're going to be, I understand that you've got a collaborative effort now to take this beyond just like we were in Troy, Michigan this Thursday. It's going to go all over the state, I understand. That's the intention. Linda, you want to talk to that a little bit about our plans for the first quarter of FY16? 
Yeah, we're actually planning on doing five more sessions of it. Um, we're still in the process of finalizing dates and locations, but I expect that the next one will probably be late January, early February time frame, um, mm -hmm. possibly Lansing, I'm not sure yet. Okay. Um, but there will be five more in 2016. I think that's important for because our station broadcasts to a, quite a broad area. I'll let you folks know, this isn't just about Detroit. This is going to be statewide, and it is because of the efforts of the uh, Small Business Development Corporation, um, MTAM with Linda, and uh, the work that you folks have done with Logic Solutions to get this coursework together. We had a full house. And I, I got to tell you, the price of 50 bucks for a, a day of that kind of training was money well spent. Thank you. We appreciate that. We worked really hard on it. We want to provide value, and we want to help small business owners really understand that utilizing mobile technology is something that they can do, and they don't necessarily have to have technical skills to be able to yep. do that. Well, yep. and both of you know um, that some of the real progressive companies today are starting to even um, talk about mobile first. Designing mm -hmm. mobile mm -hmm. and then expanding yeah. it to the web, unlike yep. even just last year, a few years ago, where it was a website, and then you wanted to add mobile to it. Exactly. I think the progressive companies are going the other way around today. Do you see Absolutely. that trend? Yeah. Yeah, that is, that is definitely the case. And, you know, I, I think you're starting to see that a lot with some of the larger companies first. Um, but it is definitely a trend that is gaining steam. You know what's neat about that is the larger companies may be beginning first, but I was in a room full of a lot of smaller companies who are taking a, they're taking a they're march. They're stealing a march, yeah. I think, on some of their bigger competitors because they are being as agile as they are with this. Linda and uh, Al, before you leave, um, just quickly, how can people find out more information? There may be a business owner that want to find out how they can get into one of these groups or find out more about it. Linda, I know the registration was managed through the uh, Go Mobile Michigan uh, website, uh, which is what Linda has provided through MTAM, and that's where the links were provided to the course curriculum description, the briefing, and the link to registration. I assume, Linda, it'll be there again when we it post the yeah, next for session. The, for the time being, until we get um, new um, sites set up for all the upcoming events, once we have the date set, anybody who's interested and would like to get on a waiting list for the upcoming sessions, they should just email us at info at gomobilemichigan.org. We'll be happy to put them on our mailing list as soon as we get the new dates and Excellent. locations set. Linda, Linda Dashen, thank you so much for being with us. And uh, Al Carbonelli, thank you so much for all that you've done with uh, Logic Solutions. That again, folks, is going to be info at gomobilemichigan.org. We will have a link to that in the show notes for our program today. To the both of you, have a great holiday season, and I look forward to this really blossoming in 2016. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you. Stay tuned, folks. We're going to come back and find out uh, how Detroit is stepping into the big leagues in Internet Exchange. Welcome. It's the Internet Advisor. And if that, uh, you kind of say, what is that? Well, it's a program that's on here at WJR. Been on for 18 years coming up this uh, next... Uh, February. February. Uh, Gary and I will have been doing this for uh, close to 20 years, two decades. <laughs> well, and actually, we had been doing it before this, but informally. Um, if you recall, I think the right. first time I came on with you was maybe October. Right, right. Uh, so it's already been 18 years plus <laughs> since then, but uh, the formal show kicked off uh, the 1st Long of February, February 7th. Entertainment has changed quite a bit since that time. You don't have the uh, the racket of trying to connect to your, uh, your internet going... <laughs> 
Remember that <laughs> wonderful sound in the background? How, how was that again? <laughs> uh, no, I won't try it. I could break my voice, I think, trying to do that. But uh, Gary's here with us, Cal Carson and Shane Hamlin as well. Uh, if, over the last few weeks, what we've been trying to do is kind of highlight ways in which Detroit is growing as a, as an internet entity, the, the hub, the activity that's going on here, that's connecting businesses to businesses, individuals to the internet at higher and higher speeds. And uh, today we're going to be talking about something called the Detroit Internet Exchange. And uh, with me is uh, Ryan Duda. Ryan is the Chief Technology Officer at 123Net. And Ryan, thank you very much for joining us on well, the Internet Advisor. Thank you. Good to have you with us. Um, Ryan, first of all, Ryan, i got to step back into something that was fascinating as I was kind of delving into the background of this. Your background, personally, involvement in the Internet is a fascinating one. You got into this whole field rather quickly after high school, didn't you? I did. I did. I started working for 123Net in 97. In fact, mm. I was a customer of 123Net. Uh, they were one of the only ISPs to offer <laughs> ISDN at the time. I don't know if you guys remember ISDN, BRI yeah. lines. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yep. Uh, 128K. I wanted to get connected to the internet as fast as possible. <laughs> and that was it. Blazing. It was. And you were just coming out of high school. I was. I was still in high school at the time. Oh, you were? <laughs> I was. And uh, I, uh, I ended up cracking uh, the unchatted password file on one of the Unix machines and uh, ended up notifying 123Net, hey, look, this is unsecure. And uh, shortly after, Dan Irvin, our president and CEO, uh, offered me a job. <laughs> I bet he did. <laughs> if you could find the hole in the system. <laughs> this is absolutely crazy because now I have an answer. I pass your headquarters uh, in Southfield. Is that correct? That's correct. Right. Yeah. I pass that place every day, and I look, and I go like, what are those guys up to in there? <laughs> had no idea at all. You've got your headquarters on one side of the freeway. I think you have a large data center and two buildings on the other side of the freeway, and it looks like a fascinating operation. We do. We do. We have uh, t- two, two facilities on the west side of Northwestern. It's uh, uh, DC2 and DC3, and those are 8,000-square-foot facilities, and wow. they've been operating since uh, 2006 and 2008. And uh, we're building our latest facility here. I call it version 5 of the Matrix. We just continue <laughs> facilities as we go along. And our, our, our latest facility is, is, is pretty unique. We have uh, dual power feeds, and we're taking in consumers' gas and generating electricity. So we're actually generating our own electricity wow. using micro-turbines. That's and, fascinating. Uh, it, there aren't, there aren't too many facilities around the country doing this, and we're really excited about it. Our, yeah. our customers, we have high-profile customers, Twitter, Ford, Ford Field. I mean, we have these customers that demand this redundancy. Yep. And so we're uh, we're ramping it up here. That's fascinating. What made you decide to locate where you're located at? And, and, and the reason why I'm really interested in that is because there's a lot of real estate in that area, and I can see that becoming a new tech corridor here in, in southeast Michigan. It, it, what made you decide to locate there? Sure. Yeah, Level 3 came in here in early 2000, and they, they brought the fiber into the city of Southfield. And there are other companies as well, and everybody sort of gravitated around Level 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, the motto of Southfield is it's a, the center of it all, and it really is for fiber. Um, we, we are here next to level three, um, uh, for a reason. It, it is because of the fiber in the ground. Now, Ryan, us. by the way, Ryan, uh, we're, one I wanted to focus on that I found fascinating was this whole Detroit internet exchange. Would you explain for our audience what that is and, and what the value of that is to Detroit? Sure. Detroit internet exchange is an IXP. It's an internet exchange point. Um, I, IXPs have been around since the early nineties. I don't remember. Uh, hearing the term like May East or May West. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, 
these, these inge- bunch of engineers got together over a beer and decided to interconnect with each other. And, uh, <laughs> well, and they had been doing this in the uh, old POTS, Plano Telephone Service world, for years, but it cost money. Mm-hmm. Oh, but yeah. when the companies would, would settle, it would cost, uh, you know, you wanted to transmit uh, to a long-distance carrier. You had to pay a few cents every yep. time you did that, or fractions right. of a cent, depending. And the interesting part, when they decided to do this with the Internet, with data, is they said, you know what, let's just do it for free. <laughs> and and that's really stuck, hasn't it, as a business model? It has. It, the difference of RXP versus others is y- you generally have to pay a port fee per month, and we're doing a, a, a not-for-profit. We want customers to co-locate in our facilities, and they will receive a cross-connect and a port for free. And then they can exchange traffic locally between each other hmm. instead of paying their transit provider to get to one of another. So, Ryan, the way I, I saw it explained to one place and helped me just kind of maybe as a, an example of the lay people out there listening to this was that, uh, for instance, if I go to my uh, computer and I try to send some information to somebody, let's say who is, um, in, I'm in Royal Oak and I'm sending information to Gary who happens to be in Ann Arbor, that packet of information that I send could actually go to Chicago before it comes back to Gary. That's correct. If, if you're on different service providers, that's absolutely true, um, for, for sure, because these service providers are not interconnecting locally in Michigan. Uh, we've well, some, been some, some are, right? But if you happen to be on connections that aren't, you have to go where you, right. Can, right. Where you can interconnect. That's correct. For, yep. for example, AT&T and Comcast, they may not interconnect in Michigan at all. They interconnect in Chicago. Mm. So if, 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 if you had a business, let's say you had two businesses, one was on Comcast, one was on AT&T, and you set up a VPN between each other, guess what? That traffic is going all the way to Chicago or going all the way to Ashburn and then coming back. So mm. you're adding latency, you're adding congestion. And starting the IXP here in Detroit will allow these companies to interconnect with each other locally to keep that traffic local, keep the latency down, and add some additional redundancy to the network. Mm, excellent. Uh, one of the things I saw was kind of interesting when I, I tongue-in-cheek said, you know, we're, we're moving into the big leagues, uh, was something that I think I saw in one of the releases about the fact that every NFL city up to this point has an exchange, an IXP, am I right, except Detroit didn't have it that, up to the... Yeah, that's correct. In fact, the co- company uh, Focal Communications attempted to start one in the 90s, and they were bought out by a company um, uh, called Broadwing Communications, which then Level 3 acquired, and they shut it down. And uh, having this new facility online is just, it, it's, it's, it's the next thing. It's, it's, these carriers will want to come here. They'll feel secure coming here and interconnecting to the Detroit Internet Exchange. And I, I truly believe that uh, having this facility takes us to the next level. How do, we, how do you go about attracting the larger companies uh, to do to, this? I have to act like a cheerleader. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it, it's difficult because it, it's, it, it takes time. You know, when we start off, there's... There's, there's one company interconnected to the exchange. It's 1239. And so I've reached out to our customers. I've reached out to non-customers, in fact, competitors of ours, and say, this makes sense. Let's, let's improve this ecosystem. Let's interconnect. And they're like, yeah, this does make sense. Set me up. And so we're up to 15 members. Um, Great. We launched it. The idea was started last December, and we launched it in January, and we continue to add members uh, each month. And one, one of the big benefits of the exchange, uh, I'll give you an example, is uh, we have Netflix on the exchange. So Netflix mm-hmm. has what they call an Open Connect appliance. And this Open Connect appliance has all the Netflix shows, uh, movies on this box. And this box sits on the exchange and streams traffic to these customers that are connected, these members that are connected. Wow. Instead of these 
these these these ISPs having to pay for transit, they're getting uh, all the traffic local from the Detroit IX. Wow. Ryan, I, we're, we've run out of time right now, but it's fascinating. I think we've kind of gotten a glimpse into the future as well and certainly hope that you have much success with 123Net as you're uh, continuing to develop it. It's going to be very important for Detroit as we develop as well. Ryan Duda, CTO of 123Net, thank you so much for being with us here on the Internet Thanks for Advisor. having me, guys. Great to have you with us. Well, folks, we're going to take a brief pause right now for the news. And after that, we're going to put the... You, Shane has been our silent partner up to this point. Shane Hamlin is going to be here along with Cal Carson and Gary Baker. And we're going to be answering your questions. So now is the time for you to get on the phone. We will take your calls and line you up. 800-859-0957 is the phone number. That's toll free. And uh, you just give us a call on that number and we'll solve your problem for you in the next hour. You're listening to a podcast of the Internet Advisor Show. To see the show notes for this program, visit our homepage, theinternetadvisor.net. You'll discover past podcasts, our free toolkit with software to clean up your computer and keep it running strong, and many other resources. You'll also find links to MITechnews.com, our co-sponsored weekly tech and entrepreneur newsletter, edited by Mike Brennan. If you have a question for our hosts, just click the contact button on the homepage and send us an email with the details. And don't forget to look for us on Facebook and Twitter and at Detroit's newest podcast network, podcastdetroit.com. Now let's get back to the second hour of the Internet Advisor. Welcome to hour number two of the Internet Advisor, and we'd like to say it's your hour. It's been a while since we've been around with our questions and answers for you, with your questions and our answers, but that's the idea. From now until 6.30 when the big game starts, where our phone lines are open at 800-859-0957. 800-859-0957. That's a toll-free number, and by the way, our motto is, the only dumb question is the one you don't ask. Thanks so much for joining us here at this second hour of the Internet Advisor. Uh, by the way, folks, if you haven't heard us in a while, uh, during the sports season very often, we're not heard because basketball and football games are on. A big one coming up tonight, After, matter of fact, after we finish here at 6.30. Uh, but every week, we do record a program from 4 until 6, and uh, often we take uh, questions that you folks have sent us by email, which you can do anytime by going to internetadvisor.net and then there's a contact button there you can click on and then uh, put your question in give us an email and we'll send it right off to us and we'll get the answer going during the week and then on the weekends we uh, during the programs we kind of let people know questions were asked and answers that were given however if we have this rare opportunity today and i hope that you will take advantage of it where uh, it's toll free it's open. We'll be here until 6.30, and we are looking forward to your questions at 800-859-0957. Hey, by the way, guys, good news. Um, we have had a problem with iTunes that has been corrected so that now our podcasts, which we publish every week, which is the two hours of our program, will be heard again on iTunes. Yeah, what do you know? And VC Web Design helped us a Thank tremendously. Thank you so much to them for uh, doing that. And they really had to work with iTunes to make it happen. They deleted everything and then came back and rebuilt that whole thing because 
whatever iTunes was doing, whatever Apple was doing there just was not working. It was so frustrating because so we, we had to get their attention to, to, to uh, probably it was to Tim rebuild. Cook hogging all the bandwidth. <laughs> yeah. He wanted to listen to our show on a regular basis. Yeah, it must have been it. I'm well, sure. now you'll be able to hear it. Uh, you'll be able to hear it now. Uh, matter of fact, our whole backlog is there as well. I think a good deal of it is yes. there. Yes. As well. So thank you very much for and that. expanded that. VC Web Design, again, expanded it, did a good job for us. Thank you so much. Well, somebody we talk to every week about this time is Mr. Mike Brennan, who is the editor of MI Tech News. And Mike is here. We kind of go through some of the headlines that are part of the weekly group of news pieces that he sends out. Mike, thanks again for joining us. How you doing? I'm doing great. This came from the Michigan basketball game where they thumped Houston. So Ah, so good feelings abound. <laughs> yeah. Wolverines and Spartans can feel good today. Uh, some other Spartans will be on the edge of their seats <laughs> in just a little <laughs> a bit. A little bit later tonight. A little bit later tonight. Well, Mike, what we try to do is to give people kind of an example of some of the headlines that you give every week as you talk about what's going on in Michigan technology and entrepreneur news. So, uh, let's see. I see here that the Michigan SBDC, we just talked about them earlier on, the Small Business Development Center, uh, is offering a cyber threat risk assessment tool to small businesses. Yeah, they call it small business big threat, but, you know, cybersecurity issues are big for everybody. Oh, absolutely. But in this case, they're working with Trivalent Group out of Grand Rapids. They've set up a website where you can go in and, and answer a bunch of questions and it'll tell you at the end of, 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 of answering these questions how secure you are. Mm. And then, uh, you know, depending on that, what that is, they'll offer you webinars, in-person training, action plans, all sorts of stuff to help you get more. Uh, wow. Well, to get your website better so the right. bad guys yeah. stay out, right? Great you know? resource. Is there a cost for that? No, it's free. Isn't that excellent? Boy, that's wonderful. I, just, I was just this week at the... Uh, the mobile app uh, development uh, seminar the for non-tech and entrepreneurs out at uh, Automation Alley, that was supported by this small business um, development center. And my hat's off to them for all the stuff they're doing for small businesses. Uh, another headline which, which I, I, which I might add, they're, they're joining us as a partner in 2016, but go ahead. Excellent. Glad to hear that. Uh, another headline I saw there was that um, with a projected 400,000 drones that they expect to be sold at Christmas time. The FAA is setting up some rules. It's going to be a crackdown coming in 2016 on who gets to use it and how. Yeah, that, that estimate, I've heard it all over the board. I've heard 400,000, I've heard a million. But what it is is lots of folks are going to buy drones yep. for their kids or themselves or whoever for Christmas. But uh, there's a lot of rules that go along with those. And, and so the other thing that's happening is, as you know, you've had a show on this previous is they're probably going to require folks to register them with N numbers, just like airplanes. And mm. I don't know if they're going to have transponders, Gary. Heck, they might do that, too. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, because it's, it's going to be some of these darn things in the air. How, yes. how, do they, how do they regulate that, right? Well, and so the FAA and they're scrambling right now to get all this stuff done. Amazon's already showing its new service with delivery drones. That's in beta. Skies are going to be filled with drones, boys. Mm. Well, and uh, some of the delivery drones actually are drones because technically a drone is driven by artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. What yeah. what's going to be sold basically, and we use for dr and we use the term drones, but it's they're really quadcopters. They're yeah. 
controlled yeah, really by people. Yeah, really are. That's most right. of them, yeah, with a camera, t- typically. But in the case of Amazon, they're much bigger because they have That's to right. carry boxes they're, and things. Yeah, and they use artificial intelligence to actually drive those, and those technically are drones. But you, one yeah. of the, the key thing is that we really do need for our own safety to have some good regulations out there. And so that's one of the headlines you've been following. Mike, we've got just a few seconds left here, and I won't be able to tell people how to get hold of MI Tech News. How do you do that? Well, just surf on over to MITechnews.com, or you can, we can go to, well, they can go to your website. Sure. You guys link to me. Uh, we offer up all sorts of stuff, including this podcast, podcasts from a number of other partners of ours, you know, e-newsletters. We're going to be starting video sometime in 2016. Wow. Uh, we got it all going on there. How much does all this goodness cost? Well, nothing for the consumers. There you uh, go. My advertisers pay the freight. <laughs> <laughs> so, folks, for you out there, you get a lot of content Wednesdays. You'll get the video and audio content. And then on Fridays, you'll get an email with all the rest of this information. Headlines like the ones we talked about today and much more about entrepreneurship and technology in the state of Michigan. And then don't forget the M Squared TechCast. That's on the podcastdetroit.com network as well. Mike, thanks so much for being with us, and have a great week. Thanks, thanks guys. Talk All to you later. right. Come up in just a moment. We're going to start answering your questions. Here's the phone number, 800-859-0957. Everybody is tuned up and ready to go, and we're looking to talk with Ruth from Westland when we come back. 800-859-0957. And there you have it. It's We're off and running. That's the official start of uh, our question and answer period. Uh, as again, I said, you folks may not be used to uh, having us around at this time of year uh, and having the opportunity to ask a question. But maybe you just tuned in and you're kind of, you know, you're getting yourself all set. You've got your um, libations and the munchies are all set there and you're getting ready for the big, for game, the big game that's coming up. You've got your green and white on and in a little more than an hour. Michigan State University is going to be taken to the field. And, and what uh, better way to spend that time <laughs> than to be right here, and you can be interactive. This is the radio where you can call in, and we'll talk back, and we'll go back and forth, there and we'll you go. solve your problems. And There you go. Well, and then in a little more than an hour goes, to the, you know, that's the pregame here. That's right. That's yes. the pregame here. But, I mean, people are going to be around and tuned up for that as well. And they only have the pregame because they want to give Gary enough time to drive home and get into his that's easy right. chair to be able to watch. That's right. <laughs> Get my together, yep. <laughs> Thank you, by the way, to Eric Dorsch and Shannon Bailey, who are handling the show behind the glass, as we say. Eric is the engineer and producing the show, and Shannon is the uh, very friendly voice that you hear when you call in. And here's the number, 800-859-0957. Shane, what kind of questions have you been fielding this week before we get to Ruth in just a moment here? Uh, out at your shop, Comtech Services. Uh, still a lot about Windows 10. You know, people are still still leery about it and, and and just have a lot of questions, you know. And I think once you sit down with them and go through and just explain a couple things, it just kind of clicks with them and, and they, they're good. Mm. But initially, I still think a lot of people are, are scared. I was just seeing statistic this week that for the first time, I not if it's for the first time, but there has been a definite uptick in the Windows 10 and, yeah. a, and a consequent downtick in Windows 7. You're beginning to well, see the big move. Yeah. yeah, well, people wait because... Sure. There, there have been times that new operating systems have disappointed. Yep. Really? Right? Yeah, it has happened. <laughs> probably even, was, even from Apple. It, so was, no it one, was probably something on the Vista, but I don't know. <laughs> no, <laughs> no one was disappointed with Windows 9, though. That's well, I true. Because <laughs> <laughs> there was no Windows 9. I, yeah, I, and it ended so. in the last quarter. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Good point. I believe they're but actually But now people getting... are starting to say, oh, well, all of us here have moved to yeah. Windows 10. A whole bunch of other people they know have moved moved to Windows 10, 
now it's safe to go back into the water, right? I don't necessarily think that Windows we, 10. But I don't think I don't think window I hate to think they were caught off guard, but I think there's more people going to it now than before because they're having problems with the rollout. Um they've actually pulled a lot of the the upgrade uh features from their website now. Um, Who's this? Microsoft. Microsoft? Yeah, really? yeah, for this last Why? week. I don't know if it's a bug or a crash or something. I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. They're, 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 you used to be able to go to, you used to be able, you could sit and wait for them to tell you, hey, it's kind of ready. But then now when you go, it's it's still not ready. And if you go to the website, you can download this little tool that will actually initiate it. I, that no longer works. So Ooh. I just did this less than a, a week ago this for is, somebody, yeah. and uh, it worked fine. Yeah. Like it hmm. always had. This week. Yeah, I mean, last, so probably last four or five days. So something happened, I mm-hmm. guess. Well, I wonder when that's going to go yeah. back. Because it's Guys, been like that. It's been good for... It's been, it's been really good. Let's yeah. get to this conversation. Continue yeah. it in just a moment. But Ruth has been waiting patiently yeah. here. Okay. Again, our phone number, 800-859-0957. Hi, Ruth. How you doing? Hi, not too bad. How about you? Good, good. Good to have you with us. Thank you. How can we help you? Well, I just kind of... I'd like a little update. Um, I always used to hear that... Um, getting more bandwidth was not always a good thing because it depends on the websites you visit and how fast their servers are. You can't go any faster than what they're, you know, sending out to you. And I was just wondering if there's hmm. more, um, if they've, if a lot of websites have upgraded so that isn't such an issue anymore or whether just automatically jumping to the highest uh, bandwidth that you can get is not, you know, is it worth the investment? So yeah. um, I think that uh, that you need to have reasonable bandwidth on the last mile because the backbones are getting better and faster and bigger. Uh, the servers are getting bigger and faster and better. Um, you're going to be, most of the time, you're constrained by the bandwidth to the last mile. That's the, one, that's the part that you have control over by saying, oh. I, I want more bandwidth from my upstream provider. So I I kind of think of it almost as uh, like when I was getting ready to buy an airplane, you know, you always buy the fastest one you can afford. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I almost violated that rule that, and it was a simple rule and I almost violated it. I'm glad I didn't. Right. I, now I couldn't afford a very fast one, but I, I, bought the fastest one I could afford. <laughs> and I, and I do the same with bandwidth personally. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I mean, with media nowadays, with media getting more and more rich online, oh yeah, uh, and more, more crunching and crunching and trying to get as much as they can to you, opening up that bandwidth is like you know you're going from a two lane highway to a you know an eight lane highway, really helps. I mean, uh, if you're if you're downloading music or movies or Netflix, you tend to get less you know, uh, caching or, or waiting mm-hmm. for Netflix to catch up to itself. Uh, things just tend to run a lot smoother when you have that bandwidth. Cal, and your thoughts? Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ruth. Pardon me. Well, I just happened to think too with the H. Is it HTML5? Is that what they're using now for a lot of the websites? Maybe with that, um, it also provides a lot more speed. Maybe. Well, it does handle the content a little bit differently than the old way, and uh, it does tend to render things a little differently uh, when you're visiting a website. Um, but most websites, uh, you can have a fairly slow, slow internet in those websites because you always That's, remember as a as a web designer, you always build for the slowest customer to 
to go to your website. So when I build a website, I don't build for the person that has the highest internet speed. I kind of build for someone in that low end so that they get just as much of an experience at my websites than someone else would. Yeah, which means you don't load it up with a lot of graphics and very detailed mm-hmm. graphics or yes. something difficult to load. So actually, I think HTML5 isn't the const- the constraint. It's really the, the last mile bandwidth. Yeah. So okay. I would get as much as you can afford. Okay, Ruth. Well, can I just say one thing sure, to make a sure. to make a statement before I leave? Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> because you reminded me of that. Oh my gosh, it's unreal. Some of these websites you go to, they've got videos running, <laughs> and yes. a lot of them have the audio that automatically goes on. Yeah, I mean, you feel so. Like don't go back just... to those, right? Send them a message. <laughs> don't go back to them. Exactly. That's my whole point. I mean, this is just so filled with everything that yeah. everything's a distraction and you no longer have access to the content because oh boy you know <laughs> don't get me started you no, know uh, facebook I just thought as long as i had an audience i <laughs> you rant a little bit that's okay you get to rant <laughs> but, but that's but that's so true it I mean, is ruth you probably know this i don't know if you've ever opened up one of those websites and gone to one that automatically the audio goes off you happen to be at work? It's like, <laughs> I know. Oops, Oops. Everybody knows. <laughs> the other thing too, so. it makes me crazy nowadays with Facebook. They audit, you know, There is a setting. I have not found it yet, <laughs> but there is a setting that won't shut off those darn vi- it's videos. Like Blackness monster. Yeah, yeah, because as you go down, you're scrolling down your news mm. uh, line. Yeah, they automatically they automatically run. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm easily distracted. Uh, look, there's something shiny. That's exactly <laughs> squirrel. Gone. <laughs> <laughs> <That's laughs> <squirrel. laughs> So you can, apparently on Facebook, you can go into the settings and shut that down. Video, with Facebook video, they're always constantly tweaking it and trying to come up with a good way to give you that media, that content, without interrupting your browsing. Um, I know just last night my daughter noticed that now if she's watching a video on Facebook, uh, if she starts to move away from that video, it actually drops down to a little teeny window. Oh, really? Like a like a like a a picture in picture window while she screams. She can scream. So they're doing all kinds of ways to keep giving you that video, but let you continue on with your your day. We're learning, and and again. Uh, underlining the point of getting as much bandwidth as you can in that last mm-hmm. mile. Ruth, thanks so much. Have a heck, great holiday. Thanks so much for being with us. Hey, Tom in Dearborn and Elaine in Bloomfield will be with you as well. And just a minute, I'm fascinated. Tom's got a question about the dark net. That one I want to get to. Mm. All right, coming up again, uh, our phone number is 800-859-0957. We'll be around here for roughly another hour until 6.30 before the pregame starts for the MSU-Iowa game. And uh, this is the Internet Advisor. Our homepage is internetadvisor.net. And if you have a question that you'd like to put into us, now is a good time to get it on the air with us at 800 800- 859-0957 or during the week or any other time simply go to internetadvisor.net click on the contact button and send us an email through that with your question back to start taking some more calls in just a moment thank you so much cal carson here with us in studio as well along with shane hamlin shane's kind of the expert on windows uh shane is uh, works at comtech services out in shaner in sterling heights and cal is our apple expert so if you have a question about a mac uh, although he also helped me just a moment ago to stop the darn Facebook ad videos from running automatically. And, Cal, just quickly, let's run through how you do that. Sure. It's real simple. Uh, in your, uh, when you're in your browser for Facebook, click on that little drop-down menu where you would normally uh, click to log out. And just b- above it, you'll find a, a uh, selection called Settings. 
When you click on that, you'll have a column on the left-hand side of your window, and at the very bottom it says Videos. You click on that one, and then in the middle you'll see it says Video Settings, and then go to the one that says Auto Play Videos, click the Default button, and then select Off. Yep. And then that way they won't automatically play It'll for automatically you. automatically play and disturb you. <laughs> Squirrel. Ah, there we go. All right, let's go back to our phone numbers again. Our phone's again, 800-859-0957. Tom in Dearborn, welcome to the Internet Advisor. How can we help you? Hello. Hey. Is there such a, is there such a thing as the dark net? I've seen that on TV. Yeah, yeah. I've heard about drug dealers. Yep. And if so, if there is such a thing, mm-hmm. how do you get there, and how do they <laughs> avoid the search engine? Ah, very good question. Shane, you uh, want to take a crack at this? Um, well, yes, yes, and yes. I mean, <laughs> I mean, with, <laughs> the, is there is there a dark net? Yes, there is. Yes, I mean, we've is. all we've had right. we've done shows on that before. Yes, exactly. That we did. Show um, that. And basically, without getting too uh, um, too much information, it, it's dark for a reason. I mean, there's a, there's only bad things that come from this. Uh, you know, you, there's certain browsers that only access the dark net that you can download mm-hmm. uh, and use on your computer. Um, what browser? What browsers are those? Not the not the normal. Uh, correct. Google Google Chrome no. or uh, Safari. Correct. Well, you can use them to get to some, but it's um. There's there's I mean there's there's browsers like um oh purple I think it was purple onion I think is one of them that will actually allow you to view dark net content mm-hmm. the way it's set up in the proxies and everything like that. What is, is it? Two, is it two? You only have to you have to put in their IP address to get to their site. Yeah, because they don't have. I mean, the whole idea of the dark net, different than the deep, deep. Well, the dark web, different from the deep web, uh, is that it's very hard to figure out who's behind the site. You can't go to whois.org to figure out, you know, who's the um, the the common name for it, the URL. So you have to put in the the IP address. So you have to know what that IP address is to in order to to go there. So they don't make it easy because um, they don't want everybody in in there. Although mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's their not, private little world. It's not terrible. You could t- you know you can use Tor. Um, there are many other ways you can get to it. Now, when you you made a distinction, Gary, for just a moment, and let's do this quickly for uh, the sake of our listeners, et cetera. Tom, uh, you, uh, he, Gary, you mentioned the deep web yep. versus the dark web. And I think when we had our guest on at the time, they described this as almost like an iceberg, right. that the part of the Internet that we hit is that part that's above the water, and that below the water is a whole vast connection. And sometimes it do, it's it's not insidious. This is no. There's nothing wrong with the deep web. It's just it's not useful to most people. It's just sitting out there. You can get to it if you want to. It. Sometimes it's just boring statistics, right? This would include uh, universities. The libraries right. or special research yeah. areas. Stuff know, that like doesn't that. normally hit. You know, when you see one million hits on a term that you type into Google, well, you only go to the first three pages or something. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the last. That's <laughs> the rest of the iceberg. Yeah. <laughs> the the hundredth <laughs> zero. Yeah. The hundredth oh. So, uh, so yeah. the, the, search, the search engines do pick them up? Um, they do on the deep web, not so much on the dark web. In yeah. fact, they most search engines specifically exclude trying to go into the dark web at right. all, and it's right. for for obvious reasons. You know, it's not necessarily a a good place. People end up that go there end up getting more um, viruses, uh, yeah. the Trojans. Right. You got to be careful. You got to kind of know what you're doing. You're swimming you're, with sharks at that point. You yeah. know, and to they, beware def- of the power of the dark side. <laughs> yeah. So we're not I going. Keep, well, I, I guess I can. 
keep watching uh, that CBS show, CSI Cyber. Right? Oh, yes, yeah. Uh, well, I, I really enjoy that show. I, it's, uh, it's kind of scary, as a matter of fact, sometimes when you think of what yeah. can happen down there. But, yes, there it is real. The dark web does exist, or, and it's called the dark web. And, and you can buy... You know, it, it probably you could buy your own uh, credit card number back. You know, who knows? <laughs> you, you, you definitely want to make sure, in all seriousness, you, if you're going to dabble around in the dark side, you probably want to make sure that you have all the latest virus protection on the machine. Yeah. In my opinion, if I was going to do that sort of thing, I would probably just get a separate machine just for that madness. Yeah. And I wouldn't intermix anything else in my life with it. You are definitely just, just be really careful what you do because you don't. Well, want... you know, I'm old and I'm retired. I have to wait too much time on my hands. Oh, <laughs> so oh, so you just don't want to be in a situation where you get a knock on the door and it's the, <laughs> exactly. it's the FBI, it's the right? FBI. Because you're playing someplace where they are watching you because they're watching. Very heavily, very All right, heavily. Tom, safe safe surfing for you, but it is a very interesting question that you have asked. 800-859-0957. Yeah. we skirted that. I mean, yeah. we, we didn't all, give them a real answer we there. We kind of all kind of... <laughs> <laughs> don't want me to go there. Yes, yeah. can I make a bomb on the internet? Mm, yeah, don't, don't, yeah. please don't go don't there. Don't go to those sites. Yeah. Greg You're going to be tracked from that now till... Oh, heaven help us. The NSA... well after you die. The NSA will yeah. find you. Yeah. Greg from Plymouth, welcome to the Internet Advisor. How may we help you good evening gentlemen good evening uh, you were talking about windows 10 earlier yeah uh, i upgraded to windows 10 and ever since i did every time i hit the return button on the keyboard my cursor freezes for about maybe 10 seconds 15 before it'll then move have you guys heard of that bug Hmm. Yeah, that that's that's not long enough for you to go to the fridge, so I don't <laughs> I don't think that's a, a benefit. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't let me get up and do anything. That's exactly <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. No potty breaks, no nothing. Normally, okay. normally, exactly. Normally, right after, right normally right after a um, uh, an update when you do an update to Windows ten, you'll st- when you start noticing these little glitches or errors, and that's normally because Windows ten didn't uh, translate a driver properly. That's right. Um, whether it be your touchpad, your mouse driver, uh, screen, uh, graphics card, I mean, something like that. So what I would have you ran, when you did the update, did you go in and force and look for updates uh, yet? I have not. Okay. So basically what you're going to do is at the bottom right or bottom left, there's actually a little, little ask me uh, search bar. You're going to type in Windows Update, and uh, you'll see the app for Windows Update. And you're going to open that up and let it force, tell it to look for updates now and run those. And you'll probably see, you know, a touchpad, nav touchpad uh, driver or something like that. Let it do its updates uh, and see if that takes care of it. Because whenever you say mouse, uh, we're talking a laptop, correct? Yeah, it's a laptop. Yeah, whenever whenever we talk mouse and hesitating and mouse locking up or lag or something like that, it's usually the touchpad drivers are, are not correct. It, to fix this, could he just reinstall Windows 10 right over the top because it might pick it up? Or do you think that it was not corrupted? It was. Uh, it is a driver problem. I think it's just a driver problem. I, you okay. know, I've had a lot of people have a, a ton of problems with trying to reinstall it or it, go back to Windows 7 yeah. and fix just, just it makes it worse. Um, okay. Just try to address the mouse first. See if that's it. See if you know you can actually go into your device manager and just uninstall the mouse driver and let it reacquire itself when you restart. Uh, 
sometimes that'll take care of it, you know. But Very good. but try try your driver try try to do a Windows force the Windows to run a, its first update and see um, you know if that helps because you know, I know Windows I guess Windows big update is coming soon so that that may occur a number of these things greg i wanted that to, to chime in as well i just was listening to a podcast mm-hmm. and they were talking about a problem that exists where the pointer disappears on chrome yeah. in windows 10 and then i so when i put in pointer disappears windows 10 into my uh, google search i should have done bing that probably would have helped mm-hmm. uh, but in any case uh there are a number of issues with mice the, the mouse freezing or disappearing on Windows 10. So I have a feeling that we have an update coming that is going to be dealing with this in the near future, uh, Greg. So hang in, hang in there for that, okay? Very good. Gentlemen, thank you. I appreciate the help. You're very welcome. That number again, by the way, here is 800-859-0957, and we will be around to 630 before the big game. I'm sure Greg's still listening, but uh, also, you know, try plugging in an external mouse. Oh, See if that yeah. helps. Right. Uh, try a try a, a different little wireless driver, mouse, potentially, right? Yeah. yeah. See if that takes care of it. If it does, and all of a sudden is now external wireless mouse is working, then you probably know touchpad mouse is is driver that, issue. Then you got to go yeah. to the because driver. I and now can he go back and and go to the manufacturer and just download a driver? So if it's a Dell, go to the Dell website, support, put in your your tag number, and it might give you a driver. Correct. Okay. Well, you know, once in a while, I I don't know if this is the same situation, but I've had a touchpad go bad. You know, act like it's gone bad. You put an external mouse, you go to the control panel, and look, there's a button in there to click to turn the touchpad back on, and then it's working again. So you may want to check that as well. Good point. Very I good was point. noticing, by the way, on that laptop that Ginny got, the mm-hmm. uh, the HP, yeah. there, in, the, in the corner of the touchpad, there's a little light, and when that light goes on, apparently, mm-hmm. the pointer disappears. Is that how it works? Yeah, it, it's auto disappear. So it I can't get your, it to go off again. Uh, it's probably in your in your, going to the mouse control mouse and touchpad okay. settings, and it's probably setting in there. Okay, um, that will uh, take care of that for you. And uh, you search for that in the same place in the bottom left hand side. That bottom left hand corner search, you can find everything. It's the key to everything. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Eight hundred eight five nine zero nine five seven. Jesus from Detroit and Elaine from Bloomfield will be back to talk with you in just a moment. Just in general, if you have questions for us on the Internet Advisor, and uh, we're not always available on Saturday afternoons to answer your question because of sports schedules, and soon it will be basketball. They'll be pushing us around a little bit. We still are here every Saturday for two hours between four and six, and you can get your question to us by going to Internet Advisor. Net, and then clicking on the contact button, which is on the upper left, right-hand side of the page there. So go to internetadvisor.net, click on contact, and then you can go to the form there that will get you put your question in. What helps us, by the way, is to know a little bit more about what you're using, a laptop or a desktop, the kind of uh, machine you're using, and the version of the software that you're using. That always helps. So put that in there along with your question, and we will get back to you as quick as we possibly can during the week. Again, 800-859-0957. Folks, thank you so much for uh, sticking around and joining us here. Or maybe if you're just gathering and getting ready for the big game, some good news for you. If you happen to have a problem with your computer that uh, you've been dying to ask somebody, or maybe you want uh, some help with a buying decision coming up for the holidays, um, Shane is, uh, well, all of us here can help you with that, but Shane in particular uh, works at Comtech Services, which is a shop, a computer shop out in um, Sterling Heights on Shaner mm-hmm. near 18 Mile. Yes. And uh, he, every day, is helping people make buying decisions. 
with computers and probably can help you with that. We had a lady who listened to the show from uh, Taos, East uh, East Taos? Yeah, yeah. yeah from No from kidding. Show, yeah. <laughs> Come down to the show. So, but you don't have to stop in the shop. You can just stop yeah. in the show here mm-hmm. at 800-859-0957. Cal, in particular, is an expert in the background of with Apple computers as well. So if you have a question on that side, he's there as well. Now, this may be a first for us on, uh, on the Internet Advisor. Jesus, welcome to the Internet Advisor. Thank you for taking my call. Very glad to have you with us. Uh, tell me, what's your question? Well, it keeps coming on my screen. It does it about 20 times a day that the, uh, the page is unresponsive and I can kill it or wait to wait for it to respond. And it also, it comes on the screen for me to stop the plugins. Uh-huh. And uh, AT&T, they're my uh, internet provider. Right. If they come out for the service, they'll they will charge me ninety nine dollars. Yeah. Okay. And, so uh, we want to see. Chrome yeah. is my uh, browser, and so, I have an AC laptop computer and Windows Seven. Okay. Uh, Very good. Windows my, Seven laptop. Okay. How old is your computer? I bought it in. Uh, let's see, twenty twelve. 2012. Okay, good. Oh, it's not that old. Okay, good. Uh, it's only three years old. Let's, uh, guys. What do you? What are some of your thoughts? Are there some other questions you need? Yeah, I mean, uh, are you are you using your are you using it wireless at home? Wireless. Is it? Yeah. Are you plugging a, a network cable into your laptop to get online? Yeah, I plug a cable into it. Yeah. Okay. And, and that's from your from your from your what is AT and T correct? From a modem. Yes. Yes. Okay, so you're hardwired, so that's a good thing. So it, it's not your wireless that's an issue. Um, have you tried a different browser? You said you were using what Google Chrome. Chrome? Yeah, Google Chrome. Have you tried like Internet Explorer? Well, they told me that Google Chrome is the uh, best. Uh, <laughs> Is the, is the best browser. Yeah, well, everybody has opinions, but right. I'm, I'm saying Internet Explorer just because for a, trouble, a troubleshooting sake. Yeah, and Jesus, what we try to do, by the way, is that uh, we try to encourage people to have more than one browser on their computer so that when you run into a problem like this, you can always go to the other browser, whether it's Internet Explorer or Safari or Opera, whatever it may be, and try to do the same thing. And if the problem isn't being, you can't repeat the problem, and it gets fixed, then you know the problem was in the browser. Correct. So, so, then so we you understand why we say the that? Browser. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, let me ask you, Jesus, does this happen often? Like, is it constantly doing it? Yeah, it happens. It happens uh, often, yeah. Often. You know, you, you, it's very well possible um, that you could have a modem issue, you could have a bad modem. Is it like random sites, like you're trying to go to normal sites, like you know AT and T, you know CNN? Yeah, I want to try to go to norm- normal sites. So. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, could this be just some sort of uh, temporary? Um, should be remove temporary files. Would that be a you know a he potential could he fix? could he could possibly open up see. <clears throat> 
I would like to see if it works in, in I would like him to try Internet Explorer. Yeah. That would be his first step. Try Internet Explorer and then try to go to some of those search engines like Google or Bing or some of those websites. Go to websites that we know exist that are safe like CNN.com or or Bing.com or, or, even or AT&T, Microsoft.com yeah. or at and InternetAdvisor.net. InternetAdvisor.net. <laughs> try to go to one of those sites that we know is clean and is up uh, and see if it works. One of the things that, that strikes me is you mentioned, uh, Jesus, that it was a plug. Plug-in. It says there's a plug-in problem. That, to me, says that it's in the browser. Right. That yeah. it's a plug-in in your browser that's gotten fouled up. Okay, so I don't use Chrome on a Windows machine. Can you go in and reset the browser to default, and then believe, so it'll start over fresh? I believe at the very bottom of the tools right. in the Chrome, oh, it that, says uh, good, restore, good idea. reset it. Yeah. Um, try to do that. Um, I don't use Chrome a lot because I'm a Microsoft kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, but I believe if you open up Chrome, uh, Jesus, and go to the top right corner and scroll down, you'll see where it says reset. And you just touch it, and it resets itself, and it should start working. Try some of those things, okay? Okay. And that did, give that a crack, especially if you try another browser. You could go to the Internet and download Internet Explorer, or if, you've, if you're on Windows 7, machine. it's already in your machine yeah, there. Machine. You can just go in and uh, restore it from there. And if none of those things work out for you, just go to our website, somehow with your phone, or even once it's working, uh, and just let us know, and maybe we can someone else we can troubleshoot a little bit further for you. We'll yeah. try working on that for you, okay? And then once we figure this out, go back to Chrome, right? Yep. Yep. Then after you figure it out, yes, exactly. You may be able to go back to that. Thanks so much for being with us, Jesus. Thank you. All right. Let's see if we can wrap up this hour quickly with Elaine from Bloomfield. Elaine, welcome to the Internet Advisor. Oh, thank you. Um, I have a Surface Pro 3, and um, I listen to, uh, like, Mark Levin at 8 o'clock at night. Yep, yep. And um, there are times when, when I get on, you know, I either go into... Um, times and stations, mm-hmm. or I go into um, the search and just do WJR. Right. A pop-up shows that I'm connected, but I get no volume. Yeah, you're having trouble catching the broadcast stream, right? I guess that's what you'd call it. And I, and, I and how you how do you access that show on WJR? How do you access it? I usually um, I can go into the search, you know, and put in WJR.com or whatever. Yeah. And or else I will go into um, all times and stations for Levin. Yep. Exactly. Well, you're, so you're going through his website and going, you're catching the stream there. Either That's way. That, yes, one way of doing it. Do you have the app for iHeartRadio on your computer? I think I signed up for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because iHeartRadio, I believe, is also where it goes. If you go to WJR.com, we have an app there, a mobile app for our station. Mm-hmm. Have, you gone, have you gone to see that? No. Well, that might be another way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Of going to WJR.com, and then there is an app that they have there. It's interesting. We were talking about mobile apps in the first hour of our program, and this is an an excellent reason why, is that individual stations and businesses and individuals and programs now have their own app, and through that, you can get to not only Mark Levin, you can get to all the other programs that yeah, are on the station. But, but the thing is, is that uh, this past week, when I, when I couldn't get him through uh, WJR, mm-hmm. I went back to the times and stations, and uh, I switched to a Tennessee station. Yeah, yeah. And the same thing. No, well, uh, there was like a box with these, um, right. like a graph with uh, red, 
Yeah, okay. Know. Has it happened often? I'm going, Kel, your thought. Are you oh, get- it happens probably about once a month or so. Okay. Are you getting sound from any other source? I haven't checked. Not that I, not that I know of. Like I, if you I, go into your browser, go to YouTube, will you actually hear things playing? Uh-huh. Because the volume on your device may be turned down. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Well, well somehow my volume turned. is always up. Okay. I always yeah. check okay. that. And, okay. and then have you rebooted your machine? I at, tried that. And it didn't work. Okay. I was wondering whether I should go to the Microsoft store in Troy and have them do some kind of testing. No, I don't think that is the issue. I think I, I am... My guess on this would be, and uh, we'll see if we can noodle this a little bit more, and you can send us a, an individual question, by the way, through the contact form, and we'll get back to you but, during the but week. But you always can do, go to that store, yeah. and they'll help you. Yes, the, yeah, the Microsoft Store is great for helping. My sense is it may be the stream itself, the source of the program, may be having trouble, and that happens every now and then. Elaine, we've got to step out for a break here in the news at the top of the hour, but we've got another half hour of our program coming. So for the rest of you out there, if you'd like to give us a call, we'll be here for the next 30 minutes after the news. 800-859-0957. You've been listening to the Internet Advisor Show, Detroit's longest-running, locally-produced computer show, with Foster Brown, Gary Baker, and our team of experts. For more information about our weekly show, to ask a question of our experts, or find the show notes for this podcast, visit internetadvisor.net and look for us on Facebook and Twitter. Don't forget to check the other great podcasts available on this podcastdetroit.com network. Thank you for listening.